This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 7th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Former FBI Director James Comey will speak to the Senate tomorrow about his meetings with President Trump and the president's desire to have Comey end an investigation into former National Security Director Michael Flynn. Julian Sanchez, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. What are the big takeaways from uh, this Comey sort of, it's a, it's almost a pre-buttle, releasing his uh, initial comments before he is actually uh, going to give them. Is there anything to take away from that alone? Um, so this is pretty much par for the course. If you testify before a, a congressional committee, as I have, they usually ask you to provide your written testimony a few days in advance. Uh, sometimes that's posted uh, a day prior. Usually it's posted uh, much closer to the actual start of the hearing, but uh, that's always up to the committee staff. So I don't think the timing of the release is anything particularly strategic, except uh, perhaps on the part of the committee staff who posted it. Okay, so uh, as to the uh, substance of it, it seems to provide a much higher level of detail about stuff that, uh, in a sense, we already knew, but we didn't know directly from Mr. Comey. That's right. There are some interesting new uh, tidbits here, but the broad brushstrokes are confirming and providing some more uh, color and detail on uh, what had already been reported in terms of interactions between Comey and Trump. So uh, first and foremost, they're meeting... Uh, when Trump was president-elect, having essentially already suggested that he he wanted Comey to stay on. uh, Comey said he sensed that uh, Trump was trying to set up a situation where Comey had to ask for his job to create what he called a a kind of patronage relationship. uh, So he felt uncomfortable about uh, about that. And uh, also, again, that he asked for a sort of pledge of personal loyalty uh, and and seemed to press the point repeatedly. Uh, So there was a sort of exchange that uh, had Trump asking whether he was going to be loyal, that he really needed loyalty. Um, Comey saying, well, look, I'm, I'm not going to be reliable in the in the political sense uh, that the politicians sometimes mean. I will always be honest with you. Um, Trump again sort of says, I need, I need loyalty. Um, and they sort of settle on this odd language of honest loyalty, um, which Comey said he sort of nodded along with uh, without being clear exactly what that meant uh, just to end the awkward uh, exchange. Uh, we have again, again, a little bit more detail on uh, the account that he had recorded in a memorandum uh, that had also already been widely reported where uh, after a meeting, uh, essentially Trump sent everyone else, including the attorney general, out of the room uh, and specifically uh, for the purpose of requesting that Comey uh, let it go, that is, let go the investigation into the uh, just-fired national security advisor, Michael Flynn. Uh, Comey does there say he didn't think that this was about more broadly dropping any kind of Russia investigation, but it was specifically about trying to get him to drop uh, the investigation into Flynn. Uh, He talks about uh, essentially not going directly to Sessions with that because he assumed that Sessions would be recusing himself from the Russia investigation, as he did uh, two weeks later, uh, but discussing it with senior uh, FBI leadership, but then essentially not disseminating that further uh, because he says he didn't want to infect uh, the investigation. That is to say, there's, there's an interesting tension here. Uh, he said he thought this was a sort of inappropriate request, but uh, he didn't essentially want it circulating through the Justice Department that the president had specifically, 
essentially tried to influence the investigation and, and uh, asked for the Flynn inquiry to be dropped. Uh, so he opted to keep that close, tell a few people at the FBI, uh, but try not to let it get around further uh, because he didn't want the, uh, the folks actually doing the investigation to be uh, wary of some sort of presidential reprisal or interference. Uh, you know, other than that, we have uh, him noting that he was apparently uncomfortable enough with uh, uh, some of these interactions that he had asked Attorney General Jeff Sessions not to leave them alone together again because he uh, essentially felt that uh, these were efforts by uh, Trump to uh, essentially insinuate himself into the investigation or make improper uh, requests. And then he documents a couple of phone calls uh, where Trump – uh, rather humorously seemed sort of obsessed with that uh, uh, dossier that had supposedly been compiled by a, a British former intelligence agency about uh, Russian attempts to gather compromise and he apparently insisted, uh, well, I had no nothing to do with hookers in Russia. I didn't, I didn't see any hookers in Russia. Um, uh, sort of well after that story had sort of faded from the headlines. Um, but continuously urging Comey to try and get him out from under the cloud of Russia, that it was making it difficult for him to do deals. And uh, he really wanted him to start uh, promoting the message that Trump wasn't being investigated. Um, and Comey does acknowledge that he had uh, on a couple of occasions confirmed to Trump that he was not personally the uh, subject or target of a counterintelligence investigation, uh, which certainly at the time was true, um, although that's not quite the same as not being in any sense under investigation. Um, it's a sort of a, a kind of technical difference there. Um, Comey does say that he was and, and other uh, senior justice and, and FBI vigils were reluctant to say this publicly uh, significantly because he said this would create a duty to, co to correct. That is, if they sort of departed from uh, normal practice by publicly saying uh, we, we do not have an open investigation of which Donald Trump is the subject, uh, that if that changed, there would be a duty to correct. Uh, this is ironically uh, what uh, created a lot of fuss prior to the election because, of course, having told uh, Congress that uh, the investigation into Clinton's – Hillary Clinton's email server had been closed, uh, he sort of justified his uh, decision to notify Congress and, of course, it immediately became public um, that they had reopened that inquiry uh, – he justified it on the basis that uh, he had previously assured them it was closed, even though, of course, normally he would not send Congress a note uh, saying we've actually reopened this inquiry. Okay, so with respect to the the people who uh, testified today, as as of uh, as of this recording, Dan Coates, uh, Mike Rogers, uh, Andrew McCabe, and uh, Deputy AG Rod Rosenstein. Uh, it seems odd. There were a lot of uh, moments there where it seemed like there were at least two officials there who didn't feel comfortable saying things they, it seems, should have felt comfortable saying. Yeah, it's striking uh, that hearing uh, was the, the number of questions that uh, various of these senior intelligence or, or Justice Department officials refused to answer without citing either classified information or uh, – Executive privilege. Executive privilege uh, might apply to some of these conversations, but it has to be invoked by the executive. Um, 
it appears that, they had, that at least uh, Admiral Rogers had met with the White House counsel, but he hadn't been sort of explicitly told to invoke executive privilege and so didn't do it there. He sort of said on his own recognizance he, he was didn't think it was appropriate to uh, to answer that. Um, and as, as a legal matter, that's not really a, a, a justification not to answer a question from uh, a member, from from one of your uh, overseers at, at a hearing. Um, executive privilege would be uh, a justification, but I don't think that's appropriate. Is 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 not really? Um, and there was a, a number of those. Um, there was uh, one point at which Coates, the director of national intelligence, uh, said that he might be willing to. Uh, characterize some of these conversations in a closed session, but not an open one. Uh, but of course, the topics of these conversations are not classified information. Uh, executive privilege, if that's what we're being invoked, wouldn't it wouldn't depend on whether it was a closed or an open session. Um, so it was hard to hard to see the the justification for refusing to answer a question that had been posed in open session. Um, the uh, acting, uh, or rather, one of the, the deputy attorney general, uh, even. Uh, at one point, refused to characterize his conversations with Jim Comey, um, which, of course, are neither covered by executive privilege nor, uh, of course, classified. Um, so, you saw near the end of that, several of the senators getting uh, a little bit testy about uh, people refusing to answer their questions without having necessarily a, a very clear legal basis for it. Um, one of the other issues, of course, is whether. Um, the ongoing independent probe uh, by former uh, director uh, John, uh, 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 Bob uh, Mueller um, might prefer that uh, they not sort of get one version of events out on the public record uh, in a way that might uh, hamper that inquiry. But uh, no one actually suggested that Mueller had asked them not to speak to any aspect of this or, or his team had, had asked that. So um, you had a, a, a lot of points where uh, the basis for refusing to discuss some of these conversations and the question of whether they similarly had been asked or pressured by Trump to either uh, publicly deny uh, unseemly uh, or improper connections to Russia uh, or otherwise uh, try to influence or, or uh, tamp down on investigations. Uh, was was I think rather curious, especially because uh, certainly uh, Admiral Rogers, at least uh, the NSA director, was willing to say, "Well, I'll just say that I've never been ordered to uh, do anything illegal or, or or unethical or pressure or felt felt pressured to." Uh, and the follow up was, "All right, well, but have you been asked to whether or not you were ordered uh, or or whether or not you felt pressured by the request?" Uh, and that. He wasn't willing to answer, and I think you know there's an obvious question: is well, all right, well, why are you willing to say uh, that you know I, these things didn't happen, but I draw the line at, at saying, and I wasn't even asked. Uh, so I think uh, that is a topic that's likely to uh, to remain uh, pretty live. It was a little bit unfortunate, I have to say. The nominal topic of this hearing was Section 702, uh, the, the uh, surveillance authority that's due to expire at the end of the year. Uh, we've had some pretty interesting revelations from the FISA court about uh, some pretty serious compliance issues uh, at NSA involving that authority. And uh, I suppose perhaps the folks who might have been most prepared to broach that 
uh, were a lot more interested in talking about Russia and what kind of conversations people had had with Donald Trump. So the nominal subject of the hearing got, unfortunately, uh, a, a good deal less attention, perhaps with the exception of, of uh, Senator Ron Wyden, who's always been uh, a bit of a bulldog on these issues. Is there anything that uh, we ought to be looking for or paying attention to specifically with respect to what uh, Mr. Comey has to say in response to questioning? Surely he didn't say everything there was to say on, on the subject of his various meetings with Donald Trump in his opening statement. Right. Um, so, so far, I think this, a lot of this is confirming uh, things that have already been reported. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what further comes out in q and I mean, it is worth noting that uh, he's uh, characterizes himself as having had uh, eight or nine uh, conversations with uh, Donald Trump, which is very unusual. He said he'd only, only really spoken twice with Barack Obama uh, during that, that term. Uh, uh, so... There's, there's fewer than that conversations memorialized in uh, the testimony he talks about here. So we might hear something about other conversations. Um, I would expect that uh, we will see from allies of Donald Trump in, uh, in, in Congress uh, perhaps an attempt to uh, judo flip the issue onto uh, to Comey and say, well, if this was improper, why didn't you uh, report it? Why didn't you do something sooner? Uh, uh, or, or perhaps, as, as we've seen at some of the other hearings, to shift the investigation to leaks. Why was your bureau so leaky? Why weren't you uh, able to catch uh, the people who were sharing this information with the press? Um, uh, whereas I think, you know, the Democrats, Democratic side will, will uh, be uh, expecting him to be asked to elaborate a little bit further on, on some of these uh, conversations and why he felt so uncomfortable. Because it, it is clear that kind of aside from the content that um, that he very quickly uh, felt uncomfortable about the tenor of his interactions with Trump. And that's often comes down to stuff that, that is uh, uh, maybe difficult to capture in a kind of dry factual narrative. And so uh, we may see that teased out a little more. Uh, and also, I think it may just involve efforts to, uh, because this is being unusually widely Publicize. I think the, the network, the major networks, are all uh, planning to carry this hearing live. Um, one of the things that a, a viewer who's not sort of steeped in national security, law enforcement, intelligence, uh, Justice Department sort of culture um, may just need to have emphasized to them how strange and uh, improper a lot of this conduct is. Um, if you're thinking just in terms of, of uh, you know, an ordinary private business and Jim Comey just being one more employee, uh, maybe some of these uh, exchanges don't seem uh, wildly inappropriate. But I think if you ask, you know, Republican or or, or Democrat officials um, from FBI or the Justice Department to look at this account, what they'll all say is, you know, the culture of the places where we work, this is totally inappropriate. This is not the kind of thing that would be normal in any administration. It would be again, Republican or Democrat, regarded as uh, really threatening the independence of uh, the FBI and the Justice Department, and therefore, uh, in, in, a, in a very real way, uh, threatening the rule of law. Julian Sanchez is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.